Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. I'm your host, Elena Fox. Hey guys, I hope you're doing really well in this moment in time. And now whenever and wherever you happen to be along the light-filled highway of life, I hope that you are able to navigate your way through the ups and downs and the ins and outs of these wild ascension symptoms. I've been feeling it big time in the past couple days, ever since the full moon hit actually, but more so in the past 24 hours. So I wanted to talk about some of the issues or symptoms that there are uh, as we integrate and implement greater amounts of energy into our bodies and greater amounts of light into our systems. uh, What are some of the things that people have been reporting and feeling? Now, there are some that I'm no longer feeling that you may still be feeling or you might have already felt like in the past week or two but one that seems to be the old standby that people barely mention anymore is the tinnitus and i don't know about you guys but have you had the ringing in the ears uh (laughs) i've had it It, i'm having it right now uh, mostly in my left ear I've had a lot of ear stuff, okay, and I'm not having it as much today as I have in the past, you know, three, four days. And I mean, and by ear stuff, I didn't quite mean, I mentioned it the other day, but I didn't say exactly what I meant by that. So I wanted to take the time to go through some of these things. Uh, Ear stuff, okay, so ringing of the ears, tinnitus. Sometimes you'll hear a high-pitched or a whirring, not worry, but whirring, W-H-I-R-R-I-N-G, whirring sound. And sometimes it's in one ear or in both ears. Sometimes you'll have a different tone in each ear at the same time, which is really weird. Um, The way I understand it, it's your holy guardian angel adjusting your energy. Sometimes if you start to lower your vibration through uh, being angry at somebody or if somebody starts to pick a fight with you and you start to engage, you'll immediately get a, a tinnitus situation going on where it's like <laughs> in your ear. And what happens is your holy guardian angels like, don't do this. It's a warning because your energy levels are going back down. 
and we're trying to lift ourselves up, up, up. And if somebody says something to you that upsets you, sometimes this will automatically happen. (laughs) Sometimes you will get this randomly, right? When you start to go to sleep and now your holy guardian angels like good time to adjust your uh, vibration. And then you'll lay down and all of a sudden, (laughs) and here it comes. Um, But other ear stuff I've noticed is my ears have been draining fluid out. So I'll wake up and I have like this fluid that's like, ew, it's like on my pillow or my ears feel wet, which is really, really weird. It's not just from my cat licking my ear at night, which is weird. Sometimes she'll drool in my ear if she falls asleep. And that's not what I mean because I've, woken up when she hadn't been anywhere near me. (laughs) Um, Sometimes I wear a thing to prevent snoring and I'll hold my hair. I'll put my hair over my ears so she can't get to my ears. And then I'll put this thing over and I'll still have this, this weird energy of, of uh, my ears have been draining and feeling like if you need to uh, clean your ears out, like with a Q-tip or something, And the next day, it's like you haven't done it in a week. And it's like, what? So extra earwax, which is weird, especially if you're not um, engaging in um, a lifestyle that includes a lot of loud music or a lot of loud noises or sounds. It's, It's been a very weird thing with the ears lately. And I think we have little chakras in our ear holes. And so they've been um, adjusting somehow they've been raising in vibration and going up. Um, Jessica of good vibrations. Um, you could spell that the O's are eights. So G eight, eight D vibrations. She has these messages from your person and she's been evolving in her messages to include messages from beyond the grave. <laughs> uh, people that have passed, have started to come through in her readings, which is quite freaky. And, um, Anyway, she's been saying for uh, many days, for about a week, that she's noticed a great deal of um, throat chakra stuff going on. And for me too, same thing. I feel heart chakra and throat chakra and um, not so much for me the third eye chakra, but she was feeling that when she had a migraine on the full moon. And headaches is another uh, ascension symptom. So she's been mentioning the ascension symptoms. I'm like, yeah, okay. And I've seen it, you know, I've heard other people mention stuff. So like this, but the throat, the sore throat, um, or clearing your throat or feeling phlegm in your throat or feeling like you have to cough. I've been having just a swollen throat, like swollen glands, even though I'm not sick. I just feel like just so, so much, um, uh, swelling and just, it's been kind of a horrible feeling. Um, just sore throat, but it's sometimes scratchy also, uh, scratchy and dry or just swollen. It's a bunch of throat related things. I don't know if you've heard it in my voice in the past couple days, but it's been there. Um, the heart chakra stuff that I've been noticing has been the heart skipping a beat or, uh, beating faster or just beating real fast and then stopping and then starting up again, like a, uh, like a hiccup sort of feeling. And I would have been quite upset when that happened to me the other day, 
if I hadn't heard other people say they've been feeling this too, I'm like, okay. Um, I literally, I, I got with my medical, uh, my spiritual medical healing team immediately. I'm like, okay, guys, <laughs> um, am I dying? Am I having a heart attack? Do I have heart disease? What's going on? And they're like, no, it's just ascension symptoms. I'm like, thank God. It was really creepy. I'm like, maybe I need more magnesium. And they're like, yes, you do. But that's not what happened. I'm like, okay, good. Definitely taking that magnesium though. <laughs> you know, um, you know, and if you take too much potassium, it can cause that too. So you have to be just very, very careful with, uh, what you put in your body that can affect your heart. Too much calcium can affect your heart too. So, um, just be super careful about that. I don't know a lot about this. I'm not a nutritionist and I'm not a doctor, but, um, you know, if you are ever in any doubt about your levels of vitamins and minerals, and if you're missing anything, um, your regular doctor won't be able to tell you, but a naturopath doctor will be able to tell you because they have special, um, tests that they can run right there in their office, usually like laboratory tests where they could take your saliva or your blood, or I don't know what, maybe urine and they'll figure out everything that you need, which is pretty darned cool. I love that they can do this. So, um, yeah, uh, let's see what else. Uh, a lot of people have been having gut related things. Um, I've been having like my, um, stomach region has been really, really swollen. And I asked, you know, like, what is this? Like, am I having problems with my colon or my stomach itself? Is it, you know, the stomach lining or what? And I think I just gained fat weight, but, um, I have been having a lot of bloating, like just a lot of, uh, excess, uh, water weight. And when I use this, um, herbal thing that I have, this Chinese mugwort, little, um, thing that goes in my belly button. And then there's like a special shield that comes that you tape over your belly button. And it has like a metallic thing on the inside to reflect, um, the herbs and, and heat it up so that it works and your body absorbs it. I have noticed that when I use this, I will end up peeing out a lot of the water weight, which is pretty lovely. I mean, cause normally I'm on diuretics and when I do the herbs, I don't need it which is good because I used to be taking two or three of these diuretics a day. So now I'm taking none. So that's really awesome. But, um, I've noticed a lot of it. It's as we hold the light. And I have mentioned this many times before, as we implement more and more energy and we're holding light, our nervous systems would literally burn up if we did not hold on to extra water weight at this time. So when you get a lot of bloating and water weight, where all of a sudden you're gaining one or two, um, clothing sizes and you're just like, what the hell was that? <laughs> you know, my, my pants bit me yesterday and I can't wear them today. Like what is happening? That's what's happening is your body's holding extra light at this time. And the extra water weight is protecting your nerves. It's protecting your nervous system. So as we integrate and implement it, and then we get used to the higher vibration, then our body lets go of all the extra water weight because it's no longer needed. And we have already uh, made that adjustment. So, um, a lot of muscle aches and pains, a lot of feverish feelings, even if you don't actually have a fever, 
feeling extremely exhausted and tired, being really thirsty out of nowhere. Um, you know, especially if you're not drinking enough water, you'll, your body would be like, that's it. We need a lot more water right now. Um, a lot of people are reporting having, um, gas or really bad smelling gas, just really horrible out of nowhere. My cat went through this a week ago. I was like, what the hell is it? What I'm feeding her? It must be right. But now when I look back, we were adjusting our vibrations and, um, Jessica said that people were reporting that, um, to her as well, just having a lot of, um, intestinal distress and gas, um, you know, anything related to that, like it, it's all of a sudden, it seems like you have irritable bowel syndrome that might be part of it. And something that scientists learned years ago, um, that I read probably maybe even 10 or 20 years ago, even was that your colon blushes when your cheeks blush. So if someone says something to you and you feel embarrassed or shy, all of a sudden your colon will do the same thing and you feel like, Whoa, I have intestinal distress. Right. And, um, my, uh, every time my mother and I, like if we didn't talk, um, for a very long time, not for us for a very long time, it'd be two days. And every time we talked, we had to go to the bathroom right after. Like it was one of those things where she go, Oh, okay. Now that I know you're okay. I can go to the bathroom. Like what? <laughs> it was like so strange. Like, what? And it's just kind of a relief. And now you can, now you can, you know, go about your actual intestinal related business. And so it's your emotions are closely linked to what goes on with your bathroom habits. And, um, so if your emotions have been off the chart and also you're in and out of the bathroom a lot more often, it's all linked. It's very weird, but it's very linked. So, um, emotionally, what I've been understanding is that, um, divine masculines have had a lot more feels they've been in their emotional, um, energy more and they've cried. There's a lot more tears flowing, a lot more sadness and deep sorrow at not having what they want at this time, whether it's connection with their divine feminines or, um, just in general, like I feel a struggle of the divine masculines trying not to, um, you know, have an ego or be upset at what's going on. But at the same time, there's that energy of not feeling good enough financially and trying to get things in order, um, so that they could feel okay and have that equilibrium and harmony but also at the same time feeling guilty because they don't want to even deal with that and the ego issue. So it's like a lot of ego struggles. This is also happening in divine feminines, but maybe not to the same extent. Um, I don't know about you guys, but some things have been more um, touchy, feely, sensitive for me when I've been like very... Um, like, not I don't want to say triggered or just just, I've been brought to the brink of tears and sometimes I'll just sit and absolutely ball my head off. And it happened more around the full moon, but, um, I tried on the weekend, tried to watch this movie about a woman taking advantage of old people. And I know that if I watch the movie fully 
and I see it to the end, I know she's going to, justice will prevail. She'll end up in jail or something, right? I just feel it. But I couldn't even watch it like five minutes in and I was crying so hard. I had to put it away. I had it like, there's no, I'm not going to watch this. And so those, you know, like your things that would normally not completely upset you all of a sudden are really upsetting you. A lot of hormonal fluctuations between feeling hot and then cold and hot and then cold and hot and then cold. Again, it feels like when you have a fever or hormonal type flushes, but it's something else. It's energy happening. I know when I wake up in the morning, um, I get this rush of absolute powerful heat energy and I feel so hot. I, it's like I have to get all the covers off me immediately and sometimes I have to get all the covers off and take off my, my um, pajamas right away because, oh my God, I'm so hot. And then, um, and you know, a few minutes later, I'm totally normal again, but I've been feeling extremely cold and then extremely hot and it's all energy because if I touch my, uh, you know, where I feel the cold, if I touch my skin, I don't feel cold. So it's an energetic coldness. Like energy can come in the form of hot or cold or electrical or tingly, um, warm fuzzy type of energy and but the fuzzy part feels like electricity and so energy is received in your body in different ways in different uh, vibrations are received in different ways that's why some people that are very well adapted um, if they like go blind and then they could feel color because <laughs> every color has a vibration and other um, extraterrestrials are actually super aware they're hyper aware of what colors feel like, which is pretty cool. But, um, you know, we're not necessarily like that. You have to really work on it and feel something and then not feel it. And then just, you know, work with it to see. But, um, so just like colors and different sounds and musical vibrations, we feel different, um, at different times, you know, like different energy feels different to us. And I've been feeling a lot of expansiveness. I've been downloading since yesterday, since last night's show, I've been downloading tons and tons and tons of light codes and I've been expanding and I did not wake up until 5.45 in the evening. I woke up at 10.30 in the morning. I was up for about an hour and I just felt like I need to go back and go to sleep. I laid down thinking I put some music on and I was going to lay there for maybe a half hour and then, um, and then get up. And that half hour never happened. I just, I laid down at 1130 and I woke up six hours later. So, um, and I still, I woke up exhausted. Like I shouldn't even be up right now. I mean, I'm, I'm recording this at nine o'clock at night, nine twenty-four, and yeah, I started a little bit after nine o'clock and as soon as I'm done with this, I'm going right back to bed. I might not even eat and I haven't been feeling hungry at all. Not even a little bit. Um, I did feel a craving for salt, salty foods. You might be feeling a craving for salty or sugary foods, or you might be the opposite. Like I, I need to have a good steak or a piece of chicken, or you might feel like it's time for a bunch of fruits and vegetables. Um, I've been feeling cold, but it's been 58 degrees in the middle of the day here. 
we've had massive, um, a lot of flooding throughout this country. Thank you, God, not here where I am. But that raging river outside is pretty intense. We've had for about a week, um, indigenous people are striking against the government. And what that means is they close all of the highways and the roads with their sticks and rocks and burning tires. So nobody can pass. And they have completely cut off my city again, um, from four days ago because they want a recount of the president, the indigenous candidate did not win and they want to make sure that all of his votes are counted just in case. And so because they're demanding a recount, <laughs> where have we heard this freaking thing before? This is going on all over the world. This kind of, we demand a recount thing. It's the Uranus. I mean, there's a lot of astrology that points towards freedom and demanding action. And I mean, it's just this whole thing, but this whole country where I live now is shut down. We're just, done. I love, I love it living in a land where the indigenous people don't feel they have a voice or that they're not heard. They shut the whole freaking country down. They're so organized. (laughs) It's like amazing. And these, these are hardcore, heavy hitting warrior type men and women. And they, they're not playing, you know, they, um, I mean, they shut the government down for three weeks last year. And that was some of the scariest times I've ever lived. It was like a year and a half ago. And that was, that was some of the scariest times I've ever lived, um, through. They were at one point outside my house chanting, um, or my old apartment chanting, um, things like death to Americans, um, or to white people or something like that. My, my son and I heard it and they didn't say it a lot, but they said it a few times and I'm like, you know what? I hope they don't see me in the window. I'm going to keep my freaking head down and thank God we had enough food, um, to survive during that time. So I always overbuy food. I mean, I have enough rice in here. I could live for a month on it, even though I hate rice and I don't normally eat it. You know, I mean, I've got some, I've got some sesame oil. I can make it taste. Okay. I, you know, I've got some Chinese related spices and Indian spices, but, um, yeah, I'm just, this country is just, so there's upheavals. There are uh, floods all over the world right now. Um, even here, one of the mountains gave way due to heavy rains and blocked the uh, major highway between where I live and the um, National Cajas um, International, I mean, in National Preserve. It's like a, um, a national uh, park it's massive and it's really beautiful and it's been completely like there's no way to go in and out of there so all the highways are blocked from where I live and the indigenous people are just like they don't give a fuck either I mean they will just they will tear the tires off of military vehicles and set them on fire you know, and, and then they will toss the military vehicles in the rivers. (laughs) I mean, they just, you know, but these are warriors. I mean, they've got like freaking spears and, you know, like, and they fight and they're like in excellent shape. Like I've seen some pictures that blew my freaking mind. In fact, on my old, like from a year and a half ago, you guys could go check out some of the pictures I have on my 
Instagram before I was uh, using my personal Instagram as my um, podcast Instagram because it's pretty, pretty crazy um, what has been going on with that. So, um, yeah, a lot of, um, a lot of craziness there. So there's, you know, physical geographical upheavals, and then there's people feeling these upheavals. There's a lot of antivirus or anti-vaccine, anti-mask sentiments going on. And that's causing a lot of people to question whether or not they should get the vaccine. I have decided I'm definitely going to go ahead and get the vaccine when it is available. Although I'm not an Ecuadorian citizen and it may not ever be available to me. Or if it is, it'll be like six or eight months from now. Uh, We have a thing here where in one month we will have the vaccination available to people but only to citizens and only people that qualify so they're getting um we're getting Pfizer's I think we're getting one from the UK and one from China which I'm not gonna necessarily trust the one from China I think I yeah I don't know so I've got to look at but my friend Kyle got the vaccination from Pfizer and he's or maybe I don't know if it's Moderna or Pfizer I think he got the Pfizer one and he got both doses and he says other than feeling a little bit um, down for a couple hours like a little bit sleepy and having the injection site of course feel a little sore other than that he was fine he said it, it's not that big of a deal he's like I feel protected I'm still wearing a mask you know which is probably good policy anyway I mean there's other things you could get from people you might as well wear a mask and not get it you know, doesn't bother him one way or the other. And he's just like, yeah, I did it. You know, now he's got proof when he does move to Ecuador. (laughs) He's like, nope, (laughs) I'm not going to worry about it. Whatever. I'm not, you know, the vaccine is the vaccine. Vaccines have always worked for me. They've always worked for him, you know, in the past. So, you know, it is what it is. But anyway, let me get back to some of these ascension symptoms. Um, feeling uh, foggy mentally or unable to concentrate feeling um, you know aches and pains in the body uh, as far as uh, lower back and um, neck and so much stiffness and achiness almost like the flu is coming on but then it never does because you're not actually sick Um, feeling stiffness even if you've taken every precaution to not feel stiffness in your muscles like um you know you take a hot bath or a hot shower you know even if you take um aspirin or whatever you would normally do or even put ice on it it's still nothing's helping feeling it um headachey and not having anything help you know normally you take a tylenol and you're fine and, and now you try nothing it just won't go away um, having, uh, confrontations with addictions. Uh, so if you're normally eating a lot of sugar and then suddenly you just stop because you have no energy towards that anymore, like, so all of addictions, um, energy is like, suddenly you're just stopping that like, Oh, 
I don't really need to do that anymore. And then your body rebelling because it's used to having those things a little bit, but you still don't feel the craving. So there's kind of like a push me, pull you situation with addictions. Um, like you just normally smoke and you just don't feel like you want to anymore, but your body's like kind of having that, uh, you, it, your body wants it, but your mind is over it. Um, sinus issues. Of course, uh, if you have asthma, having asthma issues, coughing phlegm out of the, your lungs type of thing. Um, and that's, what's been going on with me, but a few other people have noticed like a lot of, um, mucus buildup, even though there's no change in your diet or environment, you know, if normally you don't have it and then all of a sudden it's there, it's probably an ascension symptom. Uh, swelling in the ankles. That's been a big one for me the past week. Today was the first day that I did not have this. Um, so, so stiff and feeling like you, you don't know how to walk when you wake up, having a hard time, like recalibrating your body to figure out how the hell do I use this thing to walk? (laughs) Um, I've had times where I fall asleep and I wake up and I don't, um, I feel like I've been asleep for 20 or 30 years and I just don't remember what, where, like I get confused, like what, what's in my environment, what's happening. And then after like five or 10 minutes, I'm like, okay, I'm totally fine. Like what the hell was that? That was a weird feeling. So, um, feelings of disorientation, you know, being disoriented, um, just feeling, uh, confusion. And a lot of that has to do with the fluctuations of the magnetosphere and having, um, you know, just the solar winds were messing with the magnetosphere. The Schumann resonance is always either super low or super high during these times. And we're always bombarded by something recently. And it's just been wonky. It's been affecting our brains and um, our bodies as well. So I don't know about you guys. I've been feeling a great amount of fatigue, even though I feel emotionally positive for the most part I have had jags of crying crying jags where I just like I just can't stop crying for a couple hours and then all of a sudden I'm totally fine again and it that was like more last week and around the time of the full moon now it you know it's I'm back to normal but feeling um helpless feeling like things won't work out feeling like um you know moments of depression and doubt old thoughts that you felt like you haven't had in a long time, those old thoughts start creeping back and you're just like, ah, now I have to revisit this crap again. (laughs) Like I thought I was done with that. I felt better and over that. And now those things are coming back around. The thoughts are boomeranging. The energy of those thoughts are boomeranging back. People have been feeling very irritable and slighted, even if they weren't people are acting like you are attacking them. Even when you say a basic sentence to them, people are very sensitive and very touchy and reacting negatively. Um, at this time that's astrology, but also I think ascension symptoms. I told my friend who is getting into Santeria and voodoo because he wants to get back to his roots. He told me that you know, he's, he found a practitioner and he's like working with this guy. And after this guy sent me the sacrifice video, 
which you're never supposed to show your magic to outsiders, people outside of the religion. And he did anyway. And it hurt my heart so much. And then the energy, the animal came to me, uh, her spirit. And she was like really worried about what happened. Like he told me he loved me. He pet me every day and then he killed me and I don't know what happened. Um, and I realized <laughs> there's now going to be a great need of, um, all the animal sacrifice through voodoo and Santeria, because even though these people act like they're, uh, magically powerful, they're not so powerful as to have any consciousness to the effect they're having on the animal spirits and the animal spirits are now ghosts stuck in the death matrix around the planet trying to figure out what the hell happened. What did they do wrong? Why was this something that happened? Like, you know, maybe not all animals, some of them knew what was happening all along, but when the voodoo practitioners are acting as if these animals do not have consciousness and that they don't know what is happening there, there's like a disconnect there. And I told my friend, I hope to God, you're not going to do any animal sacrifices. And next thing I know, I, today I woke up to like four or five extremely angry messages telling me, I don't know my own boundaries and that I act like he's an idiot. And that, I mean, like he was like combative beyond belief. And he says, I know what I'm getting into. You can't have voodoo without animal sacrifice. It's a part of it, you know, but you're an outsider and you're not me. And I'm getting back to my African roots, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, but you're also an archangel and you're a very sensitive person. So when you raise these animals and raise them with love and tell them you love them. And then when you have to look at them in the eye and kill them, so that you could destroy your enemy or whatever the spell is. I don't think you're going to be able to get to that level. I don't think you're going to be able to do it. I have a feeling that this is going to really hurt your heart. And I'm worried about you, you know, and he came at me and came at me and came at me today several times, very angry at me. Then at the end he said, you know, it does seem a little bit much like it seems unnecessary to commit an animal animal sacrifice. And I've been doing a lot of research and I've been going slow in my voodoo practice and he's never done it yet. And he's like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. I'm like, I don't know, but you're going to know at the end if you're able to do it or not, <laughs> you know, that might be the end of his voodoo career. You know, he might get to that point and go, huh? yeah, I'm not going to fucking do this. Like, you know, or if he does it, he might turn dark. It might change him where that's all he can do and all he can see. And now he's crossed over to the dark side. He might not, he might find out they don't have cookies. <laughs> you know, <laughs> maybe they do. I don't know. I think we all have cookies, but <clears throat> so I'm, you know, but he got overly, uh, all I said was, I hope you don't have to do this for your, uh, magical practice. I hope that you don't have to. I mean, and he was just like, we had an argument over, like he started his argument over, you know, that's like saying to a Jewish person, don't eat kosher food. 
You know, I'm like, that just means that the food is blessed by a rabbi. And he's like, it's the same thing. You know, you bless the animal and then you eat it. And the same thing with Santeria, you, you kill the animal and then you, you know, you bless the animal, you kill it and then you eat it because you partook in the ceremony, you know? I'm like, yeah, it's the same thing, but there's also kosher pickles. There's also kosher wine. There's also kosher cheese. There's like things that are kosher that have nothing to do with animals or animal sacrifice. And this is not animal sacrifice for a human's magical purpose. Kosher just means a rabbi has blessed it. That's all. Right. I mean, maybe it's a little bit more to it than that, but you know, uh, kosher just means that it's processed in a good way. You know, that is in, you know, under the conditions of the religion itself, like, you know, probably where meat and cheese don't touch the same container type of thing, you know, but he starts like arguing with me about Jewish stuff. He's not Jewish. I'm not Jewish. (laughs) Why are we bringing Judaism into this? That has nothing to do in Judaism you know, does not require animal sacrifice. In fact, it's quite against it as is Christianity, (laughs) you know, and Islam is not, is against it also, except for on special occasions, but the animal is sacrificed in a way in which it's blessed. And, and, you know, we ask God for the blessings before the animals killed. And we say prayer for the animal spirit to go to heaven. See, that's a big, huge part of it. But in Voodoo and Santeria, it is not. And I, anyway, so if you guys, um, if any of you are working with the dead, and now that I've told this to you, you might want to start help me, helping me process the spirits of all the animals that are confused as to why they were killed by people who supposedly loved them. So, you know, <laughs> uh, it, it just seems like there's a whole bunch of jobs there a whole bunch of things I've got to go through. But, um, anyway, so that's what I mean. Like, you know, just super being people being super touchy and, and emotionally, like, you know, one sentence sets them off. And, and, you know, I mean, I didn't say don't do this cause this is wrong and you're this and your religion's this. I said, I hope you don't have to do that for your practice. That's all I said. I hope that you don't have to. I didn't capitalize anything. I didn't put any angry faces. It was just a very simple, you know, statement. And once I explained myself, you know, like, look, I had to deal with the energy of this rabbit that was very loving and very consciously aware of what was happening, you know? And so, and he was just like laughing. I'm like, I'm traumatized. And he laughs at the word traumatized because that's a word that's sometimes used in humor. And I wasn't meaning it in a way to be funny, even though I'm normally quite funny, you know, and that's what he's used to coming from me. But he didn't understand. Like I was literally traumatized yesterday and it really hurt my heart in a way that I never suspected that it would. But as I'm growing in light and higher vibrations, I'm also growing in my ability to feel compassion for all creatures, you know, which is natural and normal. And so I was kind of shocked because my friend is very consciously aware, but he just decided to get back to his roots to see about magic. And he's had these, these, moments where he's done this before with other things, you know, cause he's exploring like I am and that's okay. But 
it was weird. He was so touchy, but that's something that I've heard is going to happen. And, and as we approach the 20th of March, it's going to get more, these arguments, these, uh, crazy, um, you know, arguments will flare up out of nowhere. So I'm going to warn you guys right now, as we approach the 20th of March, do yourself a favor (laughs) and do not, um, engage on social media. Just don't engage, just let it go. You know, and if you say something that could be taken the wrong way and then people start to take it the wrong way, do yourself a favor and delete the comment and then just move on with your life. Don't even engage people. It's just going to make it worse because some people get into their subconscious patterns and emotions and they don't want to use their conscious mind or their, um, they don't want to use their ability to reason or to understand. They're not going to be using compassion, wisdom, or understanding, you know, around that date, (laughs) they're going to be more in their knee jerk reactions and they're going to want to fight and have that energy of combativeness. So if that's happening, um, or starting to happen right now, I mean, with what happened with my friend, I'm like, well, I have a feeling that, uh, I probably shouldn't engage him at all anymore. You know, like just except for the most basic stuff. I hope you're okay. Good glad love you all right bye you know and it's like funny because for weeks when he finally got back in touch with me after two years um we were talking every day for hours and then he got a job and so that's probably what happened is you know now he doesn't have any time but now he doesn't call me at all now he doesn't you know it's like wow now he's gained more into the voodoo santeria thing and i'm moving more towards the christ light so we're getting poles apart again so it's kind of funny but it's okay. It's the way it's supposed to happen. Everything happens for a reason. You know, and this is my friend who like was a a pastor of a church after studying with Michael Beckwith and Della Reese for years, like personally with them. So, (laughs) you know, but everyone has a different, that's what I was saying yesterday. Every, everybody, or I think it's what Jesus was saying that everybody has a different spiritual path and it's all different. It's like, we all have it, sometimes it's convoluted. Sometimes we'll go be going down one road and then we'll take a, a sharp turn and we'll go revisit something else. Cause you know, like I think my friend has to get into this so that he needs to, um, heal his ancestors. And the more he gets in touch with his ancestors, the more he'll be able to heal his family line. And I think that's what it's all about, but I don't know, you know, it might just be, you know, what is this tradition? What is this about being I want to love and expect, accept every part of myself or, or at least every part of the traditions that came from my family. And I think that that also is quite important, you know, which is why I got more into fairy magic. <laughs> and the more I learned about my Irish um, side of my family, the more I realized that I should have more to do with nature and fairies. And, you know, I'm still working on that anyway. Uh, We're going to check into spaceweather.com. And when I come back after this break, which for you guys will be like eight seconds or something, um, we're going to go ahead and just talk about divine timing. And it's going to be kind of an informal talk about 
divine timing. I think God's going to channel through me a little bit. It's not going to be an official in, you know, formal channeling with God, but he told me that he's just going to speak through me. So, all right, fine. That's what we're going to do. It's just going to be about divine timing. So, uh, the current speed of the solar wind right now is 432.7 kilometers per second. I do notice that when the sun is not belching its solar wind our way, that the solar wind speed is quite a bit. It's like up to 200 kilometers per second slower. We are no longer inside the solar wind stream. And so now it's back down to normal. Um, Now there's two sunspots right now that have stable magnetic fields facing our way. But they seem to pose no threat for strong solar flares at this moment. So they have stable magnetic fields. I guess that sounds good. Uh, There is a possibility on the 6th of March that we will have a G1 class geomagnetic storm when a high speed stream of solar wind reaches Earth. So this is in two days. Today is March 4th, by the way, which is a command. And ironically, the one day I was in bed all day, (laughs) March 4th, I did not do, but I did get up, you know, in, you know, at 1030 in the morning and for 30 minutes, I meditated, not something I normally do get up that early or meditate. Um, so I've been trying to change my sleeping patterns. And by the way, I, that's another ascension symptom, sleeping patterns being, um, where you just can't sleep at all or where you're sleeping way the hell too much. It's like one way or the other. It's an extreme one way or the other. Go to bed at a normal time and you lay down in bed for two, three hours, just tossing and turning, restless as hell. Or, you know, falling asleep and your head hits a pillow and then missing, (laughs) you know, missing the alarm and just sleeping on through for hours. Um, Either way, those things are part of the ascension symptoms. all right, noctilucent clouds. If you want to check them out, there's a picture someone took on spaceweather.com. The Ulu neutron counts today are high and they've gone up, of course, because we're outside of that solar wind stream now. We are going to get bombarded more by cosmic radiation rather than solar radiation, basically. So uh, the neutron counts are 9.2%, which are quite high. And the 48-hour change, basically, since yesterday, because they were zero yesterday, they've gone up by 1.7% since yesterday. So we're again bombarded by a lot of cosmic radiation at this time. So the coronal hole that is going to be sending us the um, solar wind in two days it's kind of almost around the edge of the sun. So it looks like we won't even have a full two days of the solar radiation. And so it looks like it'll probably hit us on Saturday and maybe a day and a half it'll last. And sometime on Sunday it will end. Be prepared for that in case you need extra rest during that time. Or maybe it energizes you. It tends to energize me. I feel warm and fuzzy inside when I get hit with solar wind lately the network reported 10 fireballs that is of course the nasa all sky cameras and the all sky fireball network over the united states so they were sporadic all of them all 10 
fireballs or the meteoritic fireballs that were spotted. As far as the Schumann residence is concerned, coming out of DisclosureNews.it, the two big numbers are only 16 and 19. So it's slightly above, you know, normal. Not a lot going on there. If you want to hear bigger numbers, we're going to do that now. HeartMath.org and the HeartMath Institute puts out um, information from six cities around the world. But we're about a day and a half behind. So this is what happened at the 2300 hour on March 2nd, which was Tuesday. So about a day and a half ago. And I do uh, see three angel numbers here. So be prepared for that. California was at 33. There's the first one, 33 um, hertz frequency. Hafouf, Saudi Arabia was at 79 hertz frequency. Uh, Lithuania was at 106 hertz frequency. Alberta, Canada was at 49 hertz frequency. Hofu, um, that's not Hofuf, excuse me, that's Northland. New Zealand was at 77 hertz frequency. There's your second angel number, 77. Uh, and the last but not least is Hulului, South Africa. They were at 222 hertz frequency. And this is the Schumann Resonance Scale and the Schumann's, Schumann Resonance News. 222 being, of course, your final angel number. 33, 77, and 222. If you want to look that up on your angel number apps in case you're keeping count or score on that. Normal Schumann Resonance is 7.83, and it was like that for decades until we started to go into this ascension and now that is why these numbers are so high 40 hertz frequency is the bottom rung of the fifth dimension now these numbers are still going to fluctuate we'll dip below 40 quite often and then they always go up but overall i believe we are definitely in the fifth dimension if you look at it from a scientific uh, standpoint Anyway, that's it for now. I just looked and it said 4933. <laughs> so 33 being another, you know, it's just it's another confirmation of that first 33 I told you about. I'm looking, I'm looking. Is there anything else on my phone that says 33? Because I feel like there might be something. Anyway, there you go for your angel numbers. It does mean that the ascended masters are walking with you. And I think 222 is something about everything's going to be all right so don't panic all right after this we're going to uh, just talk a little bit about divine timing right after this quick little musical interlude guys so I am connected to prime creator and divine mother and I'm just going to ask them questions about divine timing and I'm going to just tell you what their answers are as they relay it to me they will speak through me um, when it's necessary and then sometimes it's just going to be channeled 
it's going to be kind of, (laughs) as it comes, I will give you the information basically. Um, all right. So what is divine timing? Divine mother is talking. Uh, she says divine timing is that timing of everything is divine. There's nothing in this world that is not divine. But when people say all in divine timing, they seem to say it in a way in which it gives them a sense of security and patience where patience will ensue when someone says, well, it's in divine timing. And that seems to calm down anxiety about it. But in reality, what divine timing is, and now prime creator is speaking. He says, every moment of your life, especially every interaction with other humans, other beings of I don't understand this word, other beings of light. Oh, okay. So he's saying even things that, you know, when you encounter a ghost or an ET or a fairy or something otherworldly, even, even that, wow. See, I didn't even know this. Okay. Uh, every computation and permutation has been made so that these meetings, these seemingly chance meetings they have been pre-planned for millennia in some cases wow so he's saying sometimes you have wanted to be born but you might have to wait for somebody else to go through several lifetimes before you can be born Because they need to have specific experiences so that when, by the time you're born and they're born and you're going to meet, you have now an equal footing in the ways of specific experiences. So this is a really wild example, but he's saying in the event of say someone has to kill somebody in battle and you have to kill somebody in battle so that you both know what it feels like to be in battle and also to kill somebody while in battle or uh, you both have to uh, have a spouse that cheats on you so that by the time you meet you have that in common even if that never happened to you in this lifetime so you have to wait for the other person sometimes or they have to wait for you um, to go through any number of experiences before you can meet in the physical plane of existence. Even though in between lives, you guys are maybe great buddies, you know, good friends up in um, the other world, as it were, or heaven, as many of you call it. You know, it's kind of an in-between place or the meeting place in which you all meet when you are not in physical incarnations. 
And now he's saying, and sometimes you have to wait for someone to get done with several lifetime cycles on another planet before they can come back to this planet and you meet here again on this planet. Um, so, okay. So divine timing (laughs) is like really wild. So basically what he's saying is there's more thought to it than, Hey dude, let's meet on earth when we're 13 years old and become best friends. All right, cool. Let's do that. I mean, that might be the result, but it might be the result of thousands of years, hundreds of lifetimes. Um, so now God's saying the pre-planning stages of every chance encounter or meeting that is significant in your life is unfathom- unfathomable to the human uh, brain. To your mind, you might get glimpses of this, but it's overwhelming to most people, the greater majority of people, in fact, that think about this. Um, it's un- unbelievable to most people. Uh, all right, so they're both kind of talking now, which, okay, Divine Mother is saying, even your spirit guide in heaven, you know, together you are best friends and it is the biggest, most massive undertaking that someone on the other side can go through and they have to know every single thing about your soul, not just you and your personality when you're in heaven, but also when you are in all of your lifetimes, they have to know your thought process, actions you took, how your emotions went, in what way did they go, depending on the circumstance, how you act under pressure. Are you self-motivated or not? Has that been the same throughout all lifetimes? They have to look at all of the factors of your parents and your parents' parents in every lifetime you've ever undertook. They have to know your every reaction, your every thought, your every action. Hello, darling. (laughs) She's part of the show again tonight. And your spirit guide ends up knowing you better than you know yourself he or she has to not only study this stuff, but memorize it. And then they have to coordinate with other people on the other side, other spirit guides. (laughs) I know you guys could hear that. Thank you. Knowledge. Are you my spirit guide? (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like she's very interested in this stuff. Um, Right before I started to record this, she came racing downstairs super fast and jumped into my arms and had to hug me, make sure I was okay. I think she had a dream about me. She was upstairs sleeping before this. It was so cute. We're We're back to being best friends today. 
after yesterday's poo flinging incident. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so yeah, what's up? Here she comes again. <laughs> Every time I go to talk. All right. And then when I look at her, she starts licking her fur. Like I was just taking a shower. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> that I care. And then I'm nonchalant thing. <laughs> Push me, pull you <laughs> energy. Okay. Uh, so go ahead. Divine mother. So your spirit guides have to coordinate with each other. And so you can imagine it can take thousands of years just for the lifetime you're experiencing. Now the pre-planning is atrocious. <laughs> it's a lot of work and most spirit guides do not remain your spirit guide throughout all lifetimes. They do it once. And usually once is enough. It's too much usually. And unlike your guardian angel who is with you from the moment you are conceived in the mind of God as a separate being from the Godhead. And then that guardian angel is assigned to you and is yours forever. Now, what about, what about archangels? This is a whole nother thing. So what about archangels are, do we get our own holy guardian angel when we are created? And God says, no, no, absolutely not. Not until you fall to earth and become human. And most archangels do not fall to earth or become human. But those of you who fell to earth and became human, you are then assigned a holy guardian angel. Now is now as an archangel is my guardian angel an archangel too. He says, no, you get a standard issue guardian angel. Well, that's great. Okay. So for every he literally said standard issue to me. I like when he pulls my military. <laughs> I've never been in the military in my life, but I grew up in a military family and even my birth family who I did not grow up with their military family too. So a lot of parallels between my birth and adopted family there. But <laughs> so I have all these in plus I've dated a lot of military men. So I have like all these phrases like standard issue. Um, or good to go. I, you know, I, it's always in my language. It's funny. So, um, <laughs> so, um, a snafu. I say that one a lot. Anyway, that's funny. He said that. So standard issue guardian angel. All right. So let's get back to the divine timing thing. So, um, all right. So now that we know, yes, darling, I'm right here. You can't go outside. It's raining and it's dark. <laughs> She's starting her mom phase. She'll do this for a while. She'll say mom a bunch of times. Eventually she says, I love you. My kids used to do this and my son did this in front of her when she was a kitten. So she does this a lot to me. <laughs> it's like, I still have my son with me living in my house. Anyway, uh, all right. So now we know it takes thousands of years sometimes just for two people to meet. Can you guys imagine how many people have you met in your life that you changed their life or they changed your life or something, uh, was a catalyst 
that brought you guys together. Can you imagine now if it takes a thousand years for you and maybe 10 people, you know, that are always in your life took a thousand years for each of your spirit guides to know you. That's like 10,000 years in combination. And then, yeah, mommy's, yeah, mommy's right here. I'm right here. You can't go outside. (sighs) Mommy's right here. I love you. Thank you. Okay. I love you too. I hope you guys can make that out. She always says, I love you to me, but she said, mom, mom, mom. There she is with mom again. Hi, come, come over here. She acts like she can't see me. She's on the other side of the kitchen counter. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to have to see what she is. She's getting into something guys. Hold on. Oh my God, you guys, she was hiding around the corner. 1333. There's another angel number. She was hiding around the corner, acting like she was distressed. So she could jump out at me when I came around the corner. (laughs) All that just to tease me. Oh, this is like stuff that my, my son did to me his entire life. As soon as he could walk, I know you're okay. Oh my God. (laughs) I love you. Knowledge Raven spell. She's like a big part of the show today. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Hi, how are you? What you doing? (laughs) Can Can you hear this? She's scratching the wall. Don't scratch the wall, dude. If Godie hears this, she's going to be mad. Godie's our landlady. <laughs> She'll be mad at me. <laughs> All right. So, <clears throat> so imagine like all of the timing, all of the divine timing things that have to happen. I mean, so prime creator, it seems like there's wheels within wheels within wheels just like the divine timing of the movement and motion of the stars and the planets and the solar systems through the galaxies and the galaxies through the universe and how we're, it's like a giant baby mobile, the likes of which we cannot even begin to comprehend. He says, yeah, that's, that's right. That like, that's about right. Um, (laughs) we cannot even begin to fathom this. So how, does divine timing play a role in our minds or or in our lives? I should say like when it comes time to, okay. So God's saying, okay, look, when you are in a position where you need a job or you need money or you need something to pull through, and divine mother's chiming in now. And she says, and when you spend a great deal of worrying time about it, when you worry a lot about it and you have anxiety over it, especially that you don't need to have heavenly father saying, because your whole life is mapped out before you get there, everything is going to pull 
through and it will always seem like the 11th hour. <laughs> I like the word. Here we go. 11. Here's another angel number guys. 11, 11, 11. And, uh, earlier I was reading a comment on YouTube that said when people, she says she was doubting that she was in a twin flame relationship or that the twin flames were even real and that maybe it was just bullshit and she was doubting it. And every time she would doubt it, she would run across 11, 11. And I had just been thinking, what if I'm wrong about all this? You know, I, you know, doubting it. Right. And so I read her comment and she said, 11, 11 shows up to show her that she's not crazy. It is real. And then I looked at, and the time at the moment I read the words 11, 11, it was 11, 11 PM. <laughs> so that's also divine timing, right? So yeah, they're both saying yes. Yes, absolutely. Stuff like that. Like signs from the heaven always come on time. Actual things from, from what you seem, it seems like it's pulled out of nowhere, out of nowhere and no way a way can be shown to you. As Dr. Michael Beckwith said in the secret, the movie, the secret, um, it just feels like, wow, I was just saved right there at the last minute. And God told me earlier, you know, prime creator told me earlier that when it looks like you really, really need money. You really, really need something. You really need something to come through at the last minute because you're in dire straits and you are a hundred percent. Like you get, start to get that fear. You get anxiety. You get scared. You're like, I need this. I need this. I need this. Sometimes when something does not come through and you end up living in your car or you end up on the streets and you end up homeless, it's because that also was pre-planned. It's a humbling and humiliating experience, humiliating in the way that maybe you needed that humiliation to take you down a bag or two when you were thinking you were better than other people. Um, sometimes it's something that you planned so that you can have a brilliant life story to tell people other you know, like others later so that you can inspire them. As in the case of Joe, Dr. Joe Vitale, here we're going with a lot of secret references today. Um, Dr. Joe Vitale was homeless. And then when he finally had enough money to live in a place, it was a flea bitten two bit hotel in Dallas, Texas. It was a horrible place. And the only thing that he had to his name was a piece of paper and a pencil. And he tells the story of, you know, maybe I should try practicing uh, gratitude. And all the books he read, he had to rent from the library for free because he didn't have anything else. And he heard about gratitude, and that's how he started learning about the secret. And um, and now he's like a, a hundred millionaire, at least. You know, he owns a bunch of cars, each one of which is hundreds of thousands of dollars. Some, some of his cars like McLaren's he's got, you know, a lot of stuff just cause it's fun. Now he gets to play in the universe by helping people, which is awesome. But, um, so, so divine timing 
is always in play. Everything in your world, everything in your life has been pre-planned by you. Now, Divine Mother is saying that does not mean to say that you don't have free will. You always have free will, but there are always parameters. For example, um, you could go anywhere on the planet, but you cannot live underwater because you cannot breathe underwater. You don't have gills in your neck. So there are parameters. Uh, you know, uh, dolphins, you know, they've evolved to, you know, it, you know, they were swimming in the ocean, then they developed to walk on land, and then they went back into the ocean. You know, so supposedly that's, you know, um, that's just me, Elena, my example. Um, but generally speaking, and what Divine Mother is saying is that you have parameters. You know, uh, some people can't not live in super high elevation. They get elevation sickness. That's a parameter that they preset for themselves. Oh, and now she's saying in like for me, Elena, uh, you know, I mean, she's saying this for me. Uh, one of my parameters I set for myself before I got here was that I would be severely allergic to animals so that I would not become a zookeeper. <laughs> and what's ironic is when I was in high school, I took a test to, you know, show me what aptitude I have for what thing. And it said zookeeper. And I'm like, well, I really want to be a zookeeper, but I knew I had severe allergies, even around dogs. We had dogs and cats that had to all live outside, even in the winter time with the snow, because my asthma was so bad. My parents would not allow them to be inside the house. And it was like, so sad. It was like, we had to make beds in the garage and put a heater in the garage you know, it was really scary for the animals because it was like very, very cold. But they were like, no, I mean, you're, you can't, we, you just can't have animals in the house. It's not allowed. I'm like, all right. I mean, I grew up in Minnesota, you know, not too far from Canada. It's very cold country. But one of my personal parameters was you can't work with animals because I would have ended up working in the big cat sanctuaries or I would have been you know, doing something, you know, rescuing bears for the forestry service or like a zookeeper. That's what, it, what I would have been doing. And divine mother said you had to be restricted and limited so that you would be focused on a spiritual path. It's interesting, right? I mean, that's so divine timing. Also it's, it, everything's within parameters, right? So we have our things, um, yeah, so this is, I guess, I could call this episode Divine Timing and Spiritual Parameters, right? So um, so if you ever end up homeless, it's because there is a spiritual lesson or there's some deeper reason why that happened. It's not always because you're a dumbass that did too many drugs and did, and mismanaged your money right? <laughs> that's like the typical consensus. People think that's what happened. Right. And, uh, sometimes your rent gets raised. Like that happened to me. They raised my rent by two or $300. And they said that my income had to be, um, 30% of, um, or I mean, my rent had to be 30% of my income. And I did not make the cut because I was $20 under that parameter even though I could have kind of afforded it, 
they they knew my income and they knew that I did not have enough. And they're like, well, if you can make $50 more a month, but you have to prove it for six months. I'm like, yeah, but the lease is up in a month. And they're like, oh, well, you have to move for example. And so I had to move and I could not find, and I didn't know how not have enough money for first last deposit ended up homeless in my car with kids. A friend said, come, come here to live with me. And I went to, uh, there to live with him. And when I got there, there's blood all over the sidewalk and he was nowhere to be seen. He's not answering his phone. He's not opening his door. And I found out that he was leaving the house cause he wanted to go buy me roses at night. And right before I got there and when he went to, he's going out to his car when he's still standing on the sidewalk, this, um, car careened out of nowhere this guy was drunk and ran into my friend and knocked him over on the sidewalk, which explains all the blood I saw in front of his house. And this guy drunk drove my half conscious friend to the hospital where he fell into a coma for three weeks. Right? So, I mean, I tried my damnedest not to be homeless <laughs> and yet it still happened. Homeless with kids, in a not very safe neighborhood of, um, in San Francisco, in the more unsafe parts of, uh, mission district, although most of mission district is awesome. And I mean, that's just what happened. And I always wondered about that, you guys. Cause I'm like, God, you know, I have money, but at that moment I had $50 left in my bank account. And so I had to sit there for like three days. I didn't even have money for gas. <laughs> I'm like, we're, this is so ridiculous. I have an income, but I spent all my money cleaning my apartment and putting all my stuff in storage and renting the truck, you know, because I could not find an apartment in time where we were living. And I thought, well, going to the Bay, it'll be more expensive. But my friend said we could live for free there. He would give me a stipend so that I would, you know, cook and clean for him. And then my kids and I can decide whether or not we want to live there. And we get there and he was almost killed and he was in a coma for three weeks. So for three weeks, I thought he ghosted me at the last possible minute. You know, that, that was three weeks of being angry at somebody unnecessarily <laughs> trying to reserve judgment at the same time. So angry. How could you do this to a widow and her children? What the hell? Like, I was so mad. It's still, and then, and it took us weeks to get a house. It took us weeks because no one wanted to live with kids. So during that time, we had to be very resourceful. We had to be um, really careful. And, and Divine Mother saying, yeah, sometimes it gives you a sense of caution that normally you would not have. Most people are naive about these kind of street smarts and street skills. And when you go through something like that, it also helps strengthen your character. It helps bring you to a point of trusting yourself because you only have yourself to rely on. You only have your inner strength. And it also pulls out the bad and the good people in your life because you'll see who suddenly will shy away from you and shrink away from you. And then you know that they were always a false friend. They were never actually 
caring about you. And the same will go in your family. You'll find out who cares rather quickly in your family. If you are wealthy, everybody in your family loves you. But the minute you start to have financial trouble, you will start to see the people who stop calling you. The minute you need money, who's going to be at your side and who isn't. And that's why this is what divine mother's saying. That is why a lot of people will go through those experiences. Um, because you have to understand, um, you know, lies, betrayal, you know, like you pick uh, a theme for your life, but then you pick lesser themes or different lessons at different parts of your life. And this is another part of divine timing. You know, like when you're very, very young and naive, you want to trust everybody and you start to get uh, people lying to you and betraying you and cheating on you and um, doing things that are really negative in your mind, in your opinion. But they do that because a lot of times it's a prior agreement. Sometimes it's not, but usually the bigger, more major things in your life are all about divine timing and building your character. So before you are born, you think, well, you know, if my boyfriend cheats on me at this juncture, I'm going to learn to rely on myself. And I have to learn, do I choose somebody who is mistreating me over myself? You know, so like if you're financially reliant on a girlfriend or a boyfriend, and they're providing for you like your food and your shelter and then they're betraying you you have to make a decision and that will build, make or break your character and so the divine timing of that is imperative because sometimes people will go on from something like this to you know they might falter for a moment have to live back with mom and dad or they'll have to go to a homeless shelter or they might have to go through a really hard time for a few months, but usually the divine timing of something like that is imperative to launch a person's career that they otherwise might've been too lazy because they're already being provided for. They might be too lazy to have, um, done that career. Maybe they, you know, when you feel like there's nothing left to lose, you might as well go for it. And a lot of times people won't believe in themselves or they won't, you know, um, rely on themselves because they don't think they can because they don't trust themselves. And if they know that they're going to be in a situation where they're going to have to make it or break it, eventually they'll meet someone and there's also another catalyst will come in and say, well, why don't you go to college? You know, they'll, they'll give you a Pell Grant or whatever. I don't think they do Pell Grants anymore, but you know, they'll, they'll give you a grant and you'll have money to live and you'll be able to study and Hey, look at this. Your father was working for the railroad or your mother was a firefighter. So look at these, you know, you know, someone random will just show up and say, well, what about this? Here's a full scholarship. You get a full ride. 
you know, because your father was a firefighter and died in the line of duty. Your mother was a cop and she, she got shot in the right leg on a Wednesday. And look, you've got a scholarship for that. <laughs> I mean, there's some wild scholarships out there, guys, where you have to like meet 10 different criteria that are insane. You know, if you're blind in your left eye and you, and you hobble about because of, you know, a, an injury to your left hip, well, guess what? You're going to be sitting pretty with the money. I mean, there's some really crazy ones like, one, there's the Orville Redenbacher scholarship that if your parents have um, worked for Orville Redenbacher Corporation, one or more, or one or both of your parents for like five to seven years, you know, and then, and then there's a couple other parameters. I'm like, what the hell? And then you get thousand dollars for free money. If that is the case, <laughs> it's very weird. So, um, yeah, I have noticed that there's been times when I was a catalyst for other people where I'm like, well, you should go to school. Well, why can't I'm poor? You know, I'm like, okay, you're poor. You're, you know, like this guy, he was poor. He's black. He grew up in the worst neighborhood of LA. I'm like, well, you're a perfect candidate, you know, with affirmative action and with this and with that. And for whatever reason, I just met someone who went through all these things and I told him all these things. And he's like, oh my God. And I never, ever, ever saw him again, but I have a feeling that he went and got his four year degree. I've talked like a couple different people into gain their degrees. Um, you know, just because I'm a catalyst for education. Hi, baby girl. What's up? She's now she's cuddling with me. She's seen on my shoulder like a parrot. <laughs> and purring like crazy. Aw. So, okay, so your divine timing, sometimes it seems like uh, God has let you down you know, where, uh, things don't work out with a spur, a specific person, or you don't get hired for a job or, uh, you become homeless cause you feel like the money did not come in time, but usually there's a different lesson there that is hidden. It's something that's put in place so that you could find your inner strength and be able to trust yourself. And you start to gain your own confidence in yourself by, sometimes you have to be torn down to be built back up. So, so, uh, what about divine timing of our lovers, our soulmates that we end up having a deep, powerful, long-term relationship with marriage, kids and all that, or, um, you know, with our twin flames or whatever. What about that kind of timing? Because it just feels like everybody is telling us, especially for twin flames, everyone's telling us, well, you have to work on yourself enough. And I've met people who met their twin flame and they were both screwed up still. So, you know, how do they rate versus me? Like, is it divine timing? Is it my own fault for not being, I don't even know what, you know, I'm missing something or, you know, or is it only divine timing or is it a combination of all of that? Okay. So prime creator is talking now. And now my cat's, she's just like walking all over me now. <laughs> she keeps like getting off my shoulder and then coming back on. She's done this like three times now. All right. Hey, baby girl, mommy's here. All right. So, um, so divine or heavenly father wants to say this. Okay. So what about this? The road for every set of twin flames that is incarnate right now is totally different. And the divine timing of such is very delicate 
And this is something that takes extra people have to work on this. And a lot of the uh, time after you meet, you'll find out that you had met before briefly, or you saw each other in a crowd or you saw, um, or you knew people, you might have grown up, you know, with certain people who end up working with your person. And there might be a whole bunch more of timing, you know, divine timing. And sometimes it takes extra time because all of these connections have to take place first so that when you do meet and you start to question the connection and question if it's even real, then all of these stories start coming out. And he's telling me like, you know, like with my ex who was my, um, soulmate. I mean, I, I met him 10 years before I met him on an escalator. I was going down and he was going up and we looked into each other's eyes and I just had a deep, powerful love for him. It was like so crazy. We just like recognized each other and when, and we had already been together a couple years when we figured that one out and I told him of a button that I made and I would wear it on my shirt sometimes <laughs> and he had read it and he remembered looking into my eyes and then he read my button and he looked into my eyes again and laughed at me because of what my button said, <laughs> which was a really itty bitty teeny tiny button that I put on my boob and it said, stop staring at my tits. <laughs> And I wore this the whole day through a mall just to screw with people's heads because it was so funny. I was only 18. (laughs) And at the time, he was uh, 30. He was 12 years older than me. And uh, he was he was shopping with his wife. He was still married like back then. And but it was funny because we were we knew each other. We'd already been in a relationship. We're already living together. And I told him about my friend Katrin who had this button that was super funny. And that one day when I got to California, when I went to Huntington Beach to see my grandma and he goes, oh, I used to live in Huntington Beach. And then I told him this story and he's like, holy crap, that was you. And all of a sudden I had this flash of it. And I'm like, you used to have long blonde hair. <laughs> now he's bald, right? Now he's dead. Definitely bald. But... <laughs> <laughs> and he, and I'm like, you used to have white button fly 501 jeans and, and, and you look pretty hot. Like you were, you used to be a looker, like, like, you know, he was good looking even when he was older and bald. But I mean, when he was younger, he was like a hot to damn. <laughs> and I described his outfit perfectly. And he goes, yeah, she threw away those jeans. I'm like, what? His ex-wife. I'm like, what? You know, so like we had all these stories and it turns out he was on the beach saying a prayer for me, or I was on the beach saying a prayer for him. And he was two blocks away on the exact same day at the exact same moment. We were saying a prayer for each other, two blocks away from each other. And we never met for another 10 years or 12 years, something like that. I mean, yeah, we know it was 10 years. I met him when I was 28. Saturn return time. <laughs> it took 10 whole years. I'm like, damn. And I, I stood on the beach. I said, only allow the one who is the one I'm going to have children with. 
to bring me to this beach and no other man. That was a prayer I said. I drew a heart in the sand. I stood in the heart and I said that prayer. And then when I met him 10 years later, we were together. He's like, I'm going to take you to somewhere. I've never taken anyone else. I'm like, all right. And he took me to that beach and we're standing on the place where I drew a heart. And then I started looking around like, holy shit, this is Malibu. We're in Malibu. This is the Malibu beach. And he's like, yep. <laughs> and he says, yeah, why? And I told him and he, we, we, and then we started doing the calculations and the date and the year. And it was the, like, like we were within five or 10 minutes of each other saying the same prayer. Cause we both said the prayer at sunset in Malibu. <laughs> So like, imagine the timing of all that. If I had met him 11 years before, none of that would have happened. And we wouldn't have these cool ass stories to talk about. And I was too young for him when I was 18. My God, I hadn't gotten my wild oats sewed yet. So, (laughs) and that's the next point. uh, Divine Mother is saying, so that's the next point to the divine timing thing is You have to have certain life experiences that will not only shape you into the person you're going to become when you meet your twin flame. You know, they need to go through experiences and you need to go through experiences because if you meet when you're young, you won't appreciate the love. You won't appreciate the relationship and you won't appreciate what you have until you've gone through all of the crap, (laughs) all of the bad relationships, all of the, um, horrible, um, experiences and the good experiences. And sometimes your twin flame does not want children with you, but rather grandchildren. And so you have to have your own children and they have their own children, you know, like in the case of my twin flame and I, um, we both have two children each. So we have like four chances of grandchildren versus if, you know, we had only two kids together, we'd only have two chances of grandchildren, you know, (laughs) now I have four chances of having grandkids. That's so awesome. Right. You know, and, um, I don't know him in person. I haven't met him yet, but I feel like this is why this is all happening anyway, but it's nice to have it explained. So, okay, you guys, um, prime creator, um, divine mother. What else, uh, do we need to know about divine timing? Um, is there anything else to know about divine timing as far as our relationships are concerned? Uh, no other than just know that the love is always there and it's always there before you get to the love so that when you do see each other, You recognize each other because in heaven, you do know each other and you do love each other. So if you've ever met somebody who you absolutely loved the day you met them, even if you don't say it to them for another two or three months or years, that love will always be that thing that connects you now, but with twin flames, that's deeper and stronger, right? Yeah. She says it's like thousands of times more strong, more powerful. Like the connection will like make you feel faint or dizzy or knock you over (laughs) when you meet. Um, there was a, a friend of mine told me that when he met his ex-wife, it was 
like all time stood still. Everyone stopped talking. There was no sound. Even the birds seemed to stop midair. And he was in that moment with her like a bubble universe. And they stared into each other's eyes. And they even stopped breathing like they couldn't. And they is because they looked into each other's eyes and he had reached his hand out to touch her. And when they touched, it was like an instant frozen moment in time where they couldn't breathe or speak. And the whole world went silent. And he felt like he was there for hours staring into her eyes. And she had the same experience. <laughs> <laughs> and they had a very intense relationship and then eventually they divorced even though they have a, a child together and I don't know they might be back together but like he spent like years trying to get back together with her because he 100% was absolutely in love with her and um, so I thought that was pretty interesting but um, so I think that they were twin flames now looking back on this, remembering this description. Ooh, I just looked. It was 4455, guys. Boom. There's some more twin flame numbers and angel numbers for you. So, and it's 1.41 a.m. <laughs> Hi, baby girl. And here's the cat again. She's going to start meowing at us again. Hey, baby. <laughs> so, um, so what else do we need to know as far as divine timing or... You know, as far as career, like some of us seem to get the money manifestation down at a very early age. We make a ton of money. And some of us, like me in particular, I've struggled my whole life um, trying to crack that fucking code. I have not been able, you know, and I try and I've even studied marketing for six years and I still don't understand it. And I just don't have a mind for it. Um, yet I could look at, um, someone's relationship and tell them all of the ways in which they need to improve, how they could fix. I, you know, I could look at a problem and find the solutions instantaneously. Like there's so many things I could do for people and have done for businesses, for people. I was a business consultant for years, but I've never seemed to make the giant pile of wealth that should have come with this. And I feel like I'm an extremely late bloomer. Hopefully I will actually make money doing something that I do, you know, teaching or something. And then other people just seem to effortlessly just attract the wealth. And I want to know, is that um, only life lessons or is that something to do with divine timing? Okay, so Prime Creator is saying this is because of... um, what you have chosen before you got here basically. And sometimes there will be like a late bloom wealth or, um, he says like in my case, there's an inheritance coming, but it's going to be not very much money. It'll be like a catalyst for me to write my books, which will bring me more money that will carry into my twilight years. That's what he's saying. Good. Well, can we say something more specific to people listening though? (laughs) I mean, it's awesome to know that. I feel like that's true too. But in fact, today I was just thinking I'm going to dedicate my first book to my uncle who left me this money. And he left money to other people in the family too. It wasn't just me, you know, so it's like I'm sharing it with like eight other people. But but, um, 
so now, so what else, you know, what else did we, um, so what else do we need to know about that? Yeah, he's saying that a lot of times people that win the lottery, for example, will think that this is the time that the gods have smiled upon them or they've done the manifestation or it was just a fluke or good luck. And some people choose to win the lottery multiple times in a lifetime and it's all pre-planned. So they get here, they're born and they just start playing the lottery and they keep winning. And some people think they're cheating, but for the greater majority of people, they see it and they go, well, that's weird. This person has either cracked the code of how the numbers are picked, but usually the numbers are random. So how could that be? But some people, um, they are, they get, they're given the numbers in the dream or however it happens, but Sometimes they'll do this, this will come about in a way that seems mystical so that all the people hearing their story will start to believe in divine timing and in divine guidance or divine inspiration. And this kind of thing, like people who've won the lottery three or four times will spark people's spiritual awakening Cause they'll go, there's no way that that could happen unless there is a God and this person must be praying to that God. And that's how they will get sparked into awakening. And he's saying, likewise, some people that don't seem to make a lot of money, but they end up being very spirituals because, um, they don't have the money as a distraction. A lot of people that choose to have a lot of money that ends up being, a distraction. Sometimes it ends up being a problem and sometimes it's just a tool that they use and it doesn't bother them. It depends on the personality and also the timing. If you become wealthy at a young age, you might end up losing it. If you become wealthy at an older age, then you'll know how to invest it and not lose it. For example. So, um, so timing of wealth, let's see, we've talked about timing of relationships, timing of friendships, um, there's another thing I want to ask you. Uh, we only have a few more minutes, but, um, uh, speaking of Judaism earlier, um, I've heard that in the Jewish faith, men cannot study the Kabbalah until they are 40 years old. Um, is that divine timing or, I mean, usually it's because the thought of the man has to be, you know, has to have all the wild oats sowed. They have to have experienced, you know, family life. If they were going to do that by the time they're 40, usually they've already done that with kids and whatever. And some uh, men are already starting to be grandparents at that age. So, um, what is, you know, is, is there something to it? Are men more spiritual after the age of 40? You know, um, even though some men I've met have been spiritual at the age of 26 or even younger, even my kids are spiritual and they've always been spiritual. Even since like my son was meditating for like an hour at a time when he was like six years old, you know, so some people come here with the spiritual stuff, but is there something to it that the greater majority of men are more receptive to that? So prime creators answering 
yes, men tend to have a fluctuation in hormonal levels and in their synapses and neurons in their brain are um, more geared to being uh, more studious and open-minded um, after the age of 40. Uh, men are created to be more, um, you know, and he's talking about people that are in the male body. Like if you identify as a man and you're in a female body, it might be different because your female body is still doing its thing, which is different than maybe what your mind is doing. So he's, he's, he wanted to quickly say that, like if you are masculine in a male body, for example, um, which that begs a question, a few other questions, like, you know, the Kabbalah studies and the transgender community. I don't know. I mean, you could study the Kabbalah, but like formally with it in the Jew, Jewish faith, you cannot, if you're a man until you're 40. And I don't think women are even a part of that in the more orthodox parts of that. It's something that I read a long time ago. I'm not Jewish. I don't know a lot about it. And if you are Jewish, um, Sasha, you might be able to answer this for me. Um, she's somebody who does listen to the show. And I, I just, it's like, there's mystical parts to every religion. And Kabbalah is a very sacred part of the Jewish faith that I have studied, but I did not study obviously through a synagogue. I studied it through, um, a mystery school that was just a Western mystery school. And that's how I learned uh, tarot, um, stuff about the tarot as well and metaphysics. So, um, <clears throat> so what about that? So he's saying that the, the connections and the neurons, like when a man, uh, you know, someone who identifies as man in a f- physical male body is very, um, young, like they're more about, um, hunting, gathering, you know, and in modern society, you know, basically going, gain a job, working for a living, um, doing, trying to attract a, you know, a female attention, which is typical, like, you know, heteronormative cisgendered or, you know, in the event of gay males, um, just trying to attract a partner, like, you know, young men in a male body, are trying to attract the person that they want to be with, you know, uh, male or female doesn't matter. Just that's like the male brain does that, you know, versus the, um, age, you know, when the age of 40 happens, the testosterone levels start to go down and the, the male brain tends to calm down and is more open-minded to hearing new ideas, new experiencing, new experiences, sharing cultural experiences, sharing different, um, you know, there's like different ideas and exchanges. And usually men in their forties have a little bit more time to read. And so that's why that happens in, in, um, the Jewish faithful. So what about women then? And in, in that women start off as more open-minded and then as they get older, tend to have less time on their hands because if, if they have children and this is females in a female body, you know, um, is what he's talking about mostly. So, um, you know, but about the age of 40, most women have already started to cultivate around the age of 25, 26. They start to cultivate the spirituality and they develop a, a different form of maturity 
emotional intelligence um, type of maturity. And then as they get to be 40, they're more comfortable in their spirituality and might in, so he's saying that the women might tend to go towards intellectual pursuits later in life in, in some women, you know, and, and this is just generalizations because it could be either way, you know, I mean, you could be from a very young age, be very intellectual from the beginning as a, as a female in the female body. And he's, so he's just saying this is like how the general society functions, or at least how people think it functions because in reality world, the soul, um, only in this, uh, third dimensional world has the masculine or feminine side. Like when you are in the heavenly realms, the gender stuff is, uh, not as prominently important, you know? And so one last question is our gender stuff. Is that just a matter of timing whenever a woman gets pregnant or do we specifically choose to be a male or female? It's specifically chosen. And if you are transgender, it's specifically chosen what gender you'll be born as and what gender you'll change into or like, or what you'll transform because you know, trans it's, it's kind of short for transformation and it's a physical, um, manifestation of a greater spiritual journey the tran the transgender journey is deeply profound to the individual experiencing it and it's a part of a deeper spiritual journey that will bring about a lot more questions to that individual and many times they'll end up being more mystical that's what god is saying and they should be considered trans people who are trans should be considered as sacred and more powerful spiritually. Um, especially in this day and age because they have a greater, uh, insight as to what both genders are doing. That's interesting. All right. We're running out of time guys. Thank you. Divine father, heavenly mother for, or Heavenly Father, Divine Mother is usually how I say it. Thank you guys for your answers on divine timing and spiritual parameters. Thank you. And they're like, you're welcome. <laughs> All right, guys, that's it. Thank you for uh, your continued faith in my show, myself, my abilities. And thank you for listening to this episode. I hope it cleared up some things for you. If you have any questions, though, please write me at mermaid girl 888 on Instagram, just direct message me. That will be okay. And I will try to answer your questions. If it's relevant to everybody, I will read them on the air and see what I can do about answering them. All right. Tomorrow I'll be back with all unique and original programming, just like always. And until then, I love all of you very much. So until then I am signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the holy fifth dimension. Till next time, guys. Peace.
Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you.